ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Game of Thrones Fluently Forward episode. I am so excited to be doing this one. I have to say, despite how it ended, Game of Thrones, it's my all-time favorite TV show with 30 Rock in a close second. So I can't even believe that it took over a year to do this episode. The only reason it took so long is because I'm a little nervous. This is like a monumental task. I'm looking at my research document in front of me, and the outline is where I have the actors and actresses, everyone throughout the show. There are so many people on Game of Thrones. It's really just this massive, overwhelming task, and I wasn't sure if I'd be able to do it in one episode. So there's a few little concessions we're making so that way we can fit in everyone all throughout Westeros and across the Narrow Sea, if you get what I'm saying. Oh, God. I'm so excited to get nerdy in this episode. So a few things to keep in mind, we are just going to be covering the TV show. We're not really going to do House of the Dragon. We're not going to do the books that would take too long. And also in an effort to make sure that we are spending a good amount of time on all of these characters. There's so many of them. For certain blind items, I am just going to tell you if there's repeats of them. So for example, let's say allegedly in this episode, we might be finding out that you know, there were once blind items about Joe Jonas cheating on Sophie Turner, a.k.a. Sansa Stark. If that happens, and let's say that allegedly maybe there were 15 blind items of it, I'm just going to shout out one and say that it was repetitive. So then that way we can move on to all of the other great stuff that's going to be in this episode. Now, I where would I be without giving a little bit of my thoughts about Game of Thrones? I've done this before on TikTok, and I, it's just something that I have to get off my chest, and then I will not be rude about Game of Thrones for the rest of the episode. I won't bring it up again, but I feel like we were all on board that Game of Thrones kind of shit the bed, or I guess the chamber pot, as you could call it at the end season. The last season was not good. I would say the season before it kind of started going downhill on season seven, which it just makes it such an extreme shame because God was Game of Thrones so good at the beginning. Now, there are just some things that I want to touch on because some people might be saying, hey, Shannon, season eight was still great. What are you going on about? I just want to real quick focus on some of the unanswered questions that we were left with when the TV show Game of Thrones ended. And we will just go over this and then we'll get into the tea, but got to get it off my chest. Number one of the, you know, maybe 50 reasons why I'm still mad about Game of Thrones years after, like a total bitter nerd. Number one, if whites cannot swim or touch the water, how did they undead the dragon. So when Jon Snow and crew go up north to capture a white and take it back with them, the whites can't attack them on water. They have to wait until the water freezes, turns into ice, and then they can go across the water and try to kill Jon Snow and his crew. So tell me then when Danny's dragon dies up in the north, spoilers by the way, And then you see the whites going and swimming underneath, putting chains around the dragon and dragging it to the surface. How did they do that? They can't swim. So tell me why. Number two, Bran literally said himself that he can't be a lord because he's the three-eyed raven. So tell me how he ended up on the throne. What's going on with that? Bran the Broken. Bran the Broken Record. You literally said that you can't be a lord. Bran the Hypocrite. You know what I'm saying? 
Number three, the White Walker symbols and drawings, the way that the bones are laid in a pattern, the hieroglyphics or the cave drawings on Dragonstone that John showed Danny. Oh my God, look at all these drawings. What did they mean? Nothing. Nothing happened. Number four, the biggest plot reveal of the entire series, we found out that Jon Snow is a Targaryen. Oh my God. Can you believe this? We thought he was a bastard. He's literally a Targaryen. What did this change? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing changed from that. Oh, number five, when Arya was touched by the Night King, you know, he grabbed her by the throat when she went to kill him. Don't even get me started on, you know, our thoughts on should Arya have killed the Night King or someone else. He never left a mark on her, even though he left one on Bran and things like that. Number six, nothing came of Howland Reed. The, the little boy who is helping Bran. Number seven, we never find out who the Lord of Light is. We talk about Lightbringer. We talk about the Lord of Light. The series ends. I still do not know who the Lord of Light is. Could you tell me why we talked about it for so many hours? Number eight, the babies that were turned into White Walkers instead of Whites. Were they being turned into White Walkers? What happened? I mean, that was the whole pilot episode is that these babies are getting, you know, a fingernail touches them and their eyes turned blue. Could you tell me what's going on with the babies? Number nine, what's going on with Bran? Apparently he can interact with the past and change things. That's how Hodor got his name. We find that out. But we never see him use any of his powers. Number 10, another plot hole. When Jamie comes to Winterfell, why doesn't Danny say, hey, Two episodes ago, you tried to kill me on the battlefield. I recognize you. They acted like he was a completely new character. He tried to kill her when she was taking the spear out of Drogon. Number 11. I mean, I can keep going on. Arya never used her face-swapping abilities like she was supposed to. Number 12. Bran is unable to have children. So why are you making him king? The line ends with you. It just makes no sense. Number 13, why do you even have a Night's Watch when the army of the dead is now gone and the wildlings are friends with everyone? There's no reason for anyone to be stationed out on the ice wall. Bring them back. What do you mean the Night Watch still exists? For what reason? What happened with Nymeria and the pack of wolves? We never saw anything with Nymeria. What happened with the prince that was promised? It's just like, there were so many things that were left unsaid. And at this point, it really feels like George R. R. Martin is not going to ever write the books. So... It's just sad. Now, it's not all sad because there are incredible people out there on the internet. In my Substack newsletter this week, so fluentlyforward.substack.com, it's a free newsletter. I am going to be putting out this YouTube video that I forget his name, but the link will be there. And he made this 20 minute long YouTube video where he rewrote the entire ending of a Game of Thrones. Cause it's one thing to shit on an ending, but it's another to say, oh, it should have been XYZ. I could have made it better. And he paints this incredible new ending of Game of Thrones where Arya is using her face swapping ability, the werewolf, like you find out the mystery of what's going on with all of the Night's Watch and the undead. And anyway, it's a I like to imagine that's how the TV show really ended. So go check out that YouTube video. And now I'm going to stop talking about Game of Thrones, the TV series. Although, I mean, I'd love to talk about it more if anyone's interested in it. I could honestly talk about Game of Thrones until my breath ran out and I, you know, stopped living. But we are now going to move on just for the sake of time into the actors and actresses and the drama behind the scenes because 
these folks worked on a TV show for a long amount of time and a lot of their blind items and rumors intersect with each other. So without further ado, let's get right into it and talk about the individuals on this TV show. All right, so the two individuals that we're going to start with are actually the co-creators of the Game of Thrones show, and that's David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. You probably recognize them because they were the two guys who did the inside the episode or after the episode. It was the feature that my parents loved because after a Game of Thrones episode would end, they would say, I have no idea what just happened, and then they would watch the after or inside of the episode with DB and DB. And it kind of explained, oh, hey, this conversation between Jon Snow and the Night's Watch actually meant that he's taking over the Night's Watch. And my parents would go, oh, look at that. We had no idea what was happening in the conversation. So a lot of people get mad at David and DB because, you know, it kind of seems like they phoned it in at the end. I would be mad at them too. And I am. I am still mad at them because I'm a true nerd who is like still upset about Game of Thrones years after it ended. But the main reason why people say they phoned it in is because they had the chance to write for the new Star Wars movie and people, you know, it just kind of seemed, I don't think they've ever come out and confirmed it, but it basically seemed like they wanted to do a rush job of Game of Thrones so they could move on to the next big thing, which... I mean, what a waste, right? If you had done a really good job with Game of Thrones, I feel like that would have put you in a better position industry-wide than doing something on Star Wars because these two guys must be must have such a reputation in Hollywood. I mean, people were signing different petitions, trying to have the last season of Game of Thrones rewritten and reshot. Like, they really shot themselves in the foot. Now, David Benioff, he has two, two, yeah, two blind items about him. I'm so sorry. I do think that he's hot. He just like, I don't know, he has that like English professor who's like older than you type of vibe who like knows more than you. I don't know. He's just got English professor vibes. So we'll do a little bit about him before we go into his blind items. He grew up rich, rich. So his dad was a former head of Goldman Sachs. They grew up in Manhattan. He went to these like bougie schools in Manhattan. And what's really interesting is that before he got into writing, he had a bunch of odd jobs. He was actually a club bouncer in San Francisco for a little bit, which is funny because with an English professor face like that, I feel like you can't be a club bouncer. But then again, it's a club in San Francisco. I've been to all of them. And yeah, that is the type of guy that would probably not let you in. <laughs> and then he was a high school English teacher. Holy shit, look at that. I'm literally reading this now. He was a high school English teacher. So maybe that's where he got the vibe from. And he was also the school's wrestling coach. So then he got into writing. He ended up pairing up with D.B. Weiss. And they were the ones who took over the this job of turning Game of Thrones into a script for TV. And, you know, just another nod to saying how I do think that he's rich, rich. His cousin is Mark Benioff, so the the software entrepreneur. So I think that there's a lot of money in that family. They probably have really nice Thanksgivings. <laughs> okay. Now, here are the two blind items. He is married. He's married to an actress named Amanda Peet, and the blind items are both about this. One from the SAG Awards. The celebrity offspring is someone that you probably have not heard about or seen. All of you know one of her parents, at least. Anyway, the offspring is the one who is the other woman in the AP marriage debacle. And AP stands for Amanda Peet. And there have just been rumors for a long time of David Benioff cheating on his wife. 
And then we also have another blind item here saying this a minusless actress didn't have a scheduling conflict. She has a tool of a husband who values his projects more than her projects. And uh, yeah, I feel like out of D.B. Weiss and David Benioff, David definitely has the worst reputation. But anyone who's like a, what would you call it, a Game of Thrones head? A Game of Thrones stan or whatever? Let me know if you know more gossip about these two and what's going on in their lives. Okay, now we are going to move on to the actual actors and actresses of the show and we are going to be starting with Amelia Clark aka Daenerys Targaryen uh Stormborn Oathbreaker no I think that was Jamie Lannister Breaker of Chains the Unburnt um whatever you know she's got a bunch of titles poor Daenerys and we all knew that she was going to become a villain eventually but when you go back and you rewatch the series it just doesn't make sense. You know, she's freeing slaves. There's a lot I could say about that scene too. I think it was very, I think it was very weird how they like lifted up this like pale white woman who knew nothing about their culture and then subsequently literally wrecked their city because she knew nothing about their culture and their community and tried to rule over them. And that scene where they're all like, Misa, Misa, and they lift her up into the air. Misa! Misa! Did not like that. It felt uncomfortable to watch. But the point goes for the first few seasons, Daenerys, because of her own, you know, I guess you could say, um, you know, she was basically sold to call Drogo and that experience that she had in season one, season two, or the first four seasons, she's basically this benevolent ruler who just wants to help people at the end of the day. And then to take her into this villainous character who's like, I actually don't care if I murder innocent children. That just wasn't her. It could have been done well, but they didn't take the time to do it well and do it thoughtfully. And they literally had Daenerys in the time span of two episodes going from saving everybody from genocide to then committing genocide. And she did that in a two-episode arc, literally two episodes. That's insane. Like, that's just poor writing. Anyway, I, I promise, less Game of Thrones thoughts, we're actually going to talk about Amelia Clark. She is a British actress. Her breakthrough role, of course, was Daenerys Targaryen. What's interesting is that she actually made her Broadway debut as Holly Golightly from the play Breakfast at Tiffany's. I don't know if I could see her as a good Holly Golightly. I feel like Amelia Clark in talk shows, she is bubbly. She's infectious. She's charming. Her role in... Me Before You, where she's the uh, the nurse of the man who's in the wheelchair, She, I feel like that is Amelia Clark. She's bubbly, her laughter is contagious, and I feel like Holly Golightly just has a little bit more of mystery and secretiveness to her. Now, this is something that I didn't know about her. It says, Clark is of Indian ethnic origin on her mother's side of the family. She stated in a 2018 interview that her maternal grandmother was the child of a secret affair between Clark's great-grandmother and a man from the Indian subcontinent. Hold on, I'm clicking into that because wouldn't you just say India? Let me know if that's incorrect. Her grandmother wore light makeup to hide the darker complexion she had inherited from her father. Clark credits this background for her family having a, quote, history of fighters, stating, The fact that my grandmother had to hide her skin color, essentially, and try desperately to fit in with everyone else must have been incredibly difficult. In an interview with Harper's Bazaar, she stated that her grandmother, quote, loved India more than she loved England. And as such, when she died, 16-year-old Clark traveled to India to scatter her ashes. So I didn't know that. Let me know what you think about 
all of that. Uh, you know, first of all, I think it's very sweet when children have a close relationship with their grandmother. Something about the grandmother-daughter relationship I find very interesting. But I also find it a little bit bizarre that it's her maternal grandmother, the product of a secret affair. And Amelia Clark says, the fact that like my grandmother had to do this, my family comes from a history of fighters. I'm like, well, that is one person in your family. And the rest of them probably are all British. And, you know, with Britain colonizing India and things like that. I feel like, is your family a history of fighters? Maybe 10%, but I'd say the other 90% is probably responsible for something else. So let me know what you think. Now, she has a partnership with Clinique, which I feel like is a, you know how you sometimes match the brands to the actors or actresses? I cannot ever think of Avino or Smartwater without thinking of Jennifer Aniston and, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis. Anytime I literally use the toilet or eat yogurt, she's all that I think about. And I do think Clinique is up Amelia Clark's avenue. It's very obvious to tell that Amelia Clark doesn't have Botox. She has wrinkles in her Instagram photos. It would be horrible if she did get Botox because her eyebrows are such a part of who she is. Her, Lena Headey, a lot of these other British actresses do that. I feel like there's such a difference between an American actress and a European actress in terms of how much work they have done to their face, how they present themselves on social media, things like that. And I'm also mentioning this because there is a blind item about her working with Clinique. Now, in terms of dating life, she's been kind of famously single for the past few years and talking about that. But in 2012, she dated Seth MacFarlane, who recently, we talked about this over on Patreon, if you want to check it out, does have allegations against him that have been talked about on Twitter within the last couple of weeks from Alexis Nicholas, I believe. She was on Zoe 101. So check that out. It hasn't really hit major media outlets yet. It's more of like in the Twitter sphere, blogosphere situation. But she did have a quote about what it was like dating him. They basically asked what her love life was like with Seth back in 2012, 2013, and she said that a con of it was, quote, you have strangers giving you love life advice. Like, I'm a big fan of the show, and I'm not sure what you're doing with that guy, which I didn't react well to. That happened in New York when Seth and I were together. This guy started to give me advice. Can I get a selfie? Oh, and by the way, dot, dot, dot. So I think that's kind of insane and kind of bizarre. I've always just thought that people keep their weird parasocial thoughts about celebrities online. You know, for example, a blog post or maybe, I don't know, the Fluently Forward podcast. I could never have the, I don't know if it's the balls or the complete lack of manners and shame to actually say in person to a celebrity, hey, you should be with this person or not be with them. If anyone hasn't read the open letter to Chris Evans that's going around where his fans were like, we don't like how you talked about your relationship and how you explained it, blah, blah, blah. It's bizarre and parasocial, and you should give it a read if you want a good laugh. Okay, and now we're going to get into the blind items. So the first ones, we have a couple about her and Jason Momoa. This foreign-born A-list actress, Amelia Clark, who got her fame through a hit pay cable show and then crashed and burned in her first lead movie, is going all in on trying to replace the A-list actress, Amber Heard, from a superhero movie, Aquaman 2. Her team is leaking story after story, trying to put enough pressure on the studio to hire our foreign-born actress. 
And that's kind of related just because I think a lot of people were wondering, oh my God, would people love to see Khal Drogo and Daenerys back on screen again? And obviously, you know, this didn't happen, but this was a blind item probably two years ago. Another one here, lost in the inevitable split between this former A-list actress and her husband is that he has also been cheating on her with another actress who is over a decade younger and higher on the list. And that is allegedly about Jason Momoa, Lisa Bonet, and Amelia Clark, but that one isn't confirmed. And I don't know because there have been so many blind items about Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet cheating on each other, which led people to go, is this an open relationship? I only got friendship vibes from Jason Momoa and Amelia Clark. But you know what? Should we just skip to the craziest one? Caraway, Caraway cookware. I know them, I love them, you know them, you love them. Everybody's obsessed with Caraway, and here is why. They basically make cookware sets that have a bunch of different features to them. First of all, they're non-toxic. I have watched so many documentaries that have scared me half to death about all of these toxic materials in our cookware sets and our water bottles. When you use Caraway products, they are completely non-toxic. You don't have to worry about any of that when you're cooking. They are also incredibly easy to cook with. So I have the cream caraway cookware set. I never realized how much I was kind of averse to cooking because I was cooking with subpar products. When you cook with caraway cookware, they have a naturally slick surface. That means you don't have to coat your pans with all of this oil or butter to be able to have your eggs slide off the pan or anything like that. And they are just incredibly well-loved. They're the gold standard of cookware. Over 30,000 people have raved about their caraway kitchen. So now you can try it for yourself. You can go to carawayhome.com, take advantage of their cyber season event, and you can score up to 20% off your next purchase of non-toxic kitchenware. This deal will not last long, so visit carawayhome.com to shop all of their incredible products for up to 20% off this holiday season. Caraway. Let's skip to the craziest one, and then we'll go back to the other blind items. Keeping in mind this whole idea of affairs with people on Game of Thrones, there are so many blind items about Amelia Clark and Kit Harrington, aka Jon Snow, hooking up. And yes, Kit Harrington, aka Jon Snow, is married to Rose Leslie, aka Egret, from the first couple of seasons, the redheaded wild lane. And I did not believe these blind items when I first started reading them because I don't know about you, I just don't think that Daenerys and Jon Snow had good chemistry. So I thought, what the hell are the odds that they'd actually be hooking up together in person? Check out some of these blinds. At this point, the actress wife has kind of been pushed to the side and the two co-stars from the hit pay cable show that is ending have resumed their romance. This foreign-born A-list mostly TV actress couldn't not be invited to Kit and Rose's wedding because then it would have confirmed to the world what has been going on in this little television show triangle between co-stars. What could be done was make sure that she never had an opportunity to be alone with either the bride or the groom because words would have been said in a second. Now, we'll talk about this later when we talk about Kit Harrington, but another blind item saying, this foreign-born A-list and dropping actress visited her former co-star at rehab. The co-star's wife has not. A blind item from the Emmy Awards. Speaking of coke, this aforementioned foreign-born A-list actress from an earlier blind, Amelia, abstained from coke last night because of the actor she frequently hooks up with who is hanging around. She did manage to drink half a dozen shots throughout the night, though. 
Another one, in the past, while the show was still airing, this foreign-born A-list mostly TV actress never even uttered a peep about her relationship affair with her taken, now-married co-star. Since the end of the show, though, she has been pretty open in discussing their relationship. That has got to be awkward for his now-wife. We just have a bunch. We have a bunch, a bunch. Like I said, I don't have time to read all of them, but just know that there's been a lot, and it really surprised me because I was not expecting that. Now, the Clinique blind item. <laughs> this one here, Amelia Clark introduced her new puppy, Ted, and this is a blind item about it, saying this foreign-born former A-list mostly TV actress who starred in a now-defunct hit pay cable show. I'm getting really good at reading these fast. Okay. Became an ambassador for a makeup brand that still tests on animals and has people talking on why she signed up with them as she knew about it. So they ended up gifting her a puppy so that it would distract people from the animal testing controversy. And they paid mass amounts of money for PR articles to be written up about her Instagram post to cover it up. And I will say, once you start noticing those PR articles, it's hard to not notice them. For example, there are a lot of articles right now being written about Marilyn Manson and Army Hammer's real estate, which you know that when people type those names into Google, they're probably looking for stories about their alleged slash confirmed abuse. And instead, all of these articles pop up that have been written within the past couple of months. Oh, look at their home. Here's how much they sold it for. Did you know that they really like bowling? Just all of these stupid PR articles that you know are being pushed so that way the other not so great news is being subdued. We also have a lot of blind items here for Amelia Clark um, about her having a tough time getting high paying work, her star kind of fading, a blind item about her having to pay her own way to get invited to a big gala. And do you say gala or gala? I've, I've heard it go both ways. And different ones here, a little bit about kind of casting couch stuff. Emmy Awards, the foreign-born A-list mostly TV actress who starred on a big winner from last night, which recently ended, was in the corner of a pay cable party making out with a married producer. This foreign-born pay cable actress loves telling a story about auctioning herself off to a celebrity. And this was a celebrity auction done with Brad Pitt. What about the times there were different kinds of auctions? Now, this last one that I'm going to pull from Amelia Clark is interesting because I know I've seen this video, maybe you've seen it too, of Jared Leto aggressively hitting on Amelia Clark in the middle of a red carpet interview. And even though the interviewer is there and there's a microphone in between them and cameras are rolling, Jared Leto is full on putting the moves on Amelia Clark. This blind item says a little different. SAG Awards, quite the little pot circle last night in a loading dock. An A-plus list mostly movie actor, Matthew McConaughey, and his co-star from a movie, Jared Leto, that kept winning last year. Also joining them and hanging all over the co-star, Jared Leto, was this foreign-born B-minus list mostly TV actress, Amelia Clark. Not approving was this A-plus list mostly movie actress, Reese Witherspoon. And the most secret of cigarette smokers was sneaking one quick puff. Literally one puff. So it sounds like, if I'm putting this together correctly, Matthew McConaughey, Jared Leto, Amelia Clark, and Reese Witherspoon were all hanging out together, smoking up. Amelia Clark was allegedly putting the moves on Jared Leto, and Reese Witherspoon was sneaking tiny little puffs. 
and not approving of what was going on. And if you have listened to the Wedding Crashers Patreon episode that just came out this past Friday, you will know that there's a lot of blind items of Reese Witherspoon hating Jared Leto, hating Matthew McConaughey, and hating Vince Vaughn. I find it so funny. She just allegedly in the blind items hates a lot of people. Okay, Kit Harrington and Rose Leslie, aka Jon Snow and Ikarit, they started dating in 2011, and they ended up getting engaged in 2017, married the next year. They got married at this cute church slash like kind of castle in Scotland. It was a very low-key, beautiful-looking wedding, and they had a son uh, in between 2020 and 2021. Nobody knows exactly when. Now, like I mentioned earlier, Kit Harrington checked into a mental health and wellness facility to seek help for personal issues in May 2019. And Rose Leslie, she is in Downton Abbey. That's how most people knew of her before Game of Thrones. And she is very big in Scotland, at least her family is. Like reading about her in Wikipedia basically sounds like you're reading a section from Game of Thrones. So check this out. She was raised at Lickley Head Castle in Aberdeenshire, her family's 15th century ancestral seat where she lived until the age of 10. Her father, Sebastian Arbuthnot Leslie, is the chieftain of the Aberdeenshire branch of the Scottish clan Leslie. Her mother is Canada Mary Sybil Candy Lesel of Clan Fraser of Lovett, whose maternal great-grandfather was Simon Fraser, 15th Lord Lovett. Who cares? You know what I mean? I don't know. I just feel like all of these people who get into like the monarchy and royal titles are like, you know what? You care enough about this person that they get to have nine different names and be the 13th Lord. And it's just like, I, I'm sorry. I don't. I really don't. But I don't know if you're into all of that stuff. I guess she's like big in Scotland when it comes to the Aberdeenshire branch of the Scottish clan Leslie. I have to. I don't even know what that means. Now, of course, we talked about the kind of love triangle blind items with Amelia Clark above. These are some ones that are just about the two of them. These two foreign-born co-stars from a hit TV show who also happened to be married looked miserable during a night out last night. I'm not sure why they continue to drag this thing out. Things are going from bad to worse in the marriage of these foreign-born former co-stars. Not saying I blame her after what her serial cheating actor husband has put her through, fidelity and addiction-wise, but this actress was definitely into a singer from a band that she met this weekend, and that was when she went to the All Points East Festival. Another one, too. This A-minus, B-plus list, mostly TV actress from a long-running hit pay cable show told a guy at Fashion Week that she was taking a break from her longtime significant other. The next day, though, she was out with him interesting. Considering his Downton significant other threatened to cut off his manhood the next time that this foreign-born A-list actor cheated, he was playing things very dangerously this week by hooking up with an extra on the set of a commercial he was filming. And I just have to say, honestly, where did these people find the time? You know, sometimes you read blind items. I thought it took a lot of work and time to be married. And then all of these people managed, you're hooking up with people at music festivals and commercials and an old co-star and a new co-star and all of this stuff. I don't know. At least they're both cheating on each other. It's not like two wrongs make a right, but it always makes you feel very sad when you read blind items a la Emily Blunt and John Krasinski, uh, you know, when it seems like allegedly only one person is cheating and the other person isn't. All right. Up next, we have Natalie Emanuel, who played Miss Sande in 
Game of Thrones. And she ended up getting beheaded, which kind of led to things going south. And she is going to be, she's an English actress and model. She's going to be in this new horror movie that's coming out. And this isn't a spoiler. I haven't watched it. They basically reveal it in the trailer. But it's, I kind of want to go see it. It feels like it's a little bit of a vampire horror movie. That's all that I'll say. And I always like hearing where people were coming from and what they were doing before they got their big break. So in an interview with Jimmy Kimmel, she said that she got the news that she won the Game of Thrones role when she was working in a clothes shop as a shop assistant. Then in 2015, she was promoted to a regular cast member on the show. And this was really interesting what she was saying. So she was the only prominent character that was a woman of color in the show. And her death scene where she ends up spoilers, but I'm just assuming that everybody's watched all of this, that took place while she was in chains and she ended up getting beheaded, was really unpopular with fans. And it was called an example of fridging and evoking an image of slavery. So fridging, by the way, I didn't know what this term was, so I looked it up. It stands for Women in Refrigerators, or WIR. It's a website that was created in 1999 by a group of feminist comic book fans, and it lists examples of the superhero comic book trope where female characters are affected by injury, raped, killed, or de-empowered, and this is known as fridging. And this sometimes stimulates protective traits, or it's used as a plot device to move a male character's story arc forward. And this website is basically serving to kind of analyze why these plot devices are used disproportionately on female characters. And as we're about to get into, female women of color who are in TV shows, especially when they're fictional. And you saw this a lot in Game of Thrones, too. You know, Sansa Stark got so strong after she was raped and Daenerys really came into her own after she was raped. So I didn't know that it was a term, but I did know that it was a trope that people are really fed up with. And Natalie basically spoke out about this scene. And this is what she said in The Guardian. She said, quote, the reaction to Masande's death was so big because she was the only one. I think a lot of people who felt othered or disenfranchised had connected with her or felt represented by her, especially women of color. When she died and in the way that she did it, it was so painful for people because they were like, wait, no, that's how they're going to do the only woman of color. And I think this has been huge within Game of Thrones. And people were even upset. We talked about this over on Patreon, but with the new House of the Dragon where people are upset that the Valerians or the Valerian, whatever, the sea people um, from the books into the TV show, they ended up making them a black family. And as I'm sure the term Phrygian exists, there has to be a term for people who are upset with people who get so triggered by this happening. It's the same as people being upset that The Little Mermaid is going to be um, portrayed by a black woman in the live action movie. It's just like this is a fictional TV show. And if anybody's mad about stuff like that, I really just cannot. I'm sorry. I just like really can't see it from your point of view. I think the only other like non-white people that existed in Game of Thrones were Dorne, which you didn't really see Dorne. You did see the Sand Snakes, but they literally, the Sand Snakes sucked. Nobody liked them. So there, I mean, it was really just probably, and this really stuck out to me going through every single person from the show. It's like 99% white in Game of Thrones, which is insane because it's fictional. So I think something else, and I didn't see people talking about this online, but something that I kind of thought of too when it comes to Frigine and her death is that does this happen in the books? 
You know what I mean? So parts of Game of Thrones, I think the books left off to where Daenerys is about to go over to Dragonstone. So anything that happens past hasn't been written. So the way that Masande dies, that had to be created by DB Squared, as we talked about the original co-creators. I don't know if George R.R. R. Martin said that that was going to happen, if he wrote it that way because they say that George R.R. R. Martin did tell the co-creators some of the things that were going to be happening. But we talked about this in the Vampire Diaries episode. Yeah, Vampire Diaries with Bonnie's character. It just is not fair that in so many different instances of pop culture, you have black female characters who are getting killed off earlier than anyone else, who are getting killed off in vicious ways, things like that. So... Now we know what uh, fridging is, and if anybody has heard of Woman and Refrigerator's website, let me know, because that was new to me. Now there's only two blinds about Natalie Emanuel, and they both have to deal with yachting. So here's the first one. Several of the actresses and celebrities on the yacht out of the country were actually yachting. One actress, this A-plus list teen actress, was just enjoying the free Coke, and that was talking about how Vanessa Hudgens was just enjoying the free Coke, but... They say that it was on a yacht trip that Natalie Emanuel was involved in. The second blind item here. This foreign-born B-plus list mostly television actress who acts here and in her home country also has two huge movie franchises under her belt. Despite that success, she got a breast enlargement just to land a main role in a recent show in her country because the producer wanted her to have larger breasts. All right, up next, Maisie Williams, who played Arya Stark. She is also an English actress. She obviously is most well-known for playing Arya, but she's also kind of getting involved in um, different apps. So in 2019, she jointly developed and then created the social media platform called Daisy. And it's meant to help artists and creators, especially people who are trying to get started in their careers. I remember trying it out in 2019 and it wasn't that great, but maybe it has taken off in a different way now and done something good. And she's done TEDx talks about it. And I kind of like when you have somebody famous working on an app or a platform like this rather than just doing a skincare line. So her topic when she did the TEDx talk was, quote, don't strive to be famous, strive to be talented. And this platform, Daisy, basically serves as a social network for artists to connect and collaborate with each other and a way for artists to kind of take back control. Now, when I used it, I didn't think it was that great, but it looks like it's still around. So maybe it's gotten better or maybe it's just for, you know, actual artists and creators. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's better for painters or dancers or a different type of field. Now, there's a bunch of different blind items about Maisie. First one is big wigs hitting on her. Here are two blind items about it that is really interesting. Allegedly, it's about Justin Thoreau and it could be about Maisie Williams or it could be about Sophie Turner who plays Sansa Stark. This foreign-born B-plus list, mostly TV actress from a hit pay cable show, is still a teen. She was hit on like crazy by this married B-plus list actor, writer, who you all know. She turned him down and then said that he went up to another teen. One day we have to do a Justin Thoreau episode because he pops up in the worst blind items, and I think that it was Maisie Williams because at the time of this blind item being written, Sophie Turner was 21. Now this one is <laughs> crazy. <laughs> 
This one could be about Maisie Williams and Jessica Biel. It says, this foreign-born teen actress who stars in a hit pay cable show says that when she was filming a recent movie, she was hit on by this married A-minus, B-plus list, mostly movie actress who is only getting that high because of name recognition. Hmm. There are also some blind items about her boyfriend sucking. Throughout the years, we have one that says this still young, foreign-born, A-minus list, mostly TV actress, opened her checkbook to her significant other who has rated the hell out of it. The actress just doesn't know it yet. And then another one basically saying, uh, with another boyfriend, more and more of her friends are telling me that they're disturbed. He's a bit of a ponce, says one source of the AB list star's partner. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't have any money. She spends thousands and thousands on him a week. He can't even buy dinner. He had no interest until he found out who she was. One of her friends tell me specifically that ever since the falling in love stage, the star buys him an insane amount of designer clothes that, the friend jokes, are worth the same as a small bar of gold. Now, we also have some kindness blinds from Maisie Williams. This first kindness blind says that da, 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 she met a family who was staying in her hotel and talked to them for about an hour. Later that day, she presented them with $2,000 in Disney gift cards so they could go to Disneyland and stay at a hotel on the property for a couple of days. And then another kindness blind that says... The still very young Game of Thrones actress who is currently filming a movie helped out a guy yesterday. He came to the set to show her some prop from the show that supposedly had her art autograph. She told him that it wasn't her signature. It was a fake. She didn't remember the prop either. What our actress did do, though, was sign the cover of a script of what she was working on now and took some selfies with him. We also have blind items. This one intrigues me. It says, This foreign-born, still very young, A-list, mostly TV actress won't be that high for long. Her hit show is ending. She is having trouble booking anything because she won't do the casting couch thing. And then this one, ugh, Emmy Awards. And it says, From AP, which AP, you'll remember her at the beginning, Amanda Peet, the wife of David Benioff. It looks like she gives Enti some tips. This barely legal B-plus list mostly TV actress on a hit pay cable show had a string of 40-year-old plus male executives lining up to hit on her. Apparently, they had all seen a recent nude scene that she did for a movie, and they all wanted a chance to go out with them. About half of them walked away from their wives to talk to the actress. Ew, just like sick. Maisie Williams also too. You know, sometimes someone's young, but they look old, and someone's old, but they look young. She's young, and she looks young. You know what I mean? All right, now this one here, it says, speaking of the show in number seven, this teen actress from the show is hooking up with a 50-something-year-old guy who she calls daddy, even when they are out dining in public. Now, I would really hope that, like, maybe this is a blind item gone wrong and he's actually her father. <laughs> and that's why she was calling him daddy at dinner. I mean, why would you call someone daddy if it's not in the bedroom? I don't know. Let me know what you think. And this last blind item is going to tie into our next star because it says this foreign born B plus list, mostly TV actress who will soon be looking for steady work again, had a falling out with her same on the list co-star Sophie Turner. The reason after a threesome with the same on the list co-star, the same on the list co-stars boyfriend tried to hook up with the B plus lister solo. So alleging that Apparently, allegedly, Maisie Williams, Sophie Turner, and Joe Jonas all hooked up, and then Joe tried to get with Arya Stark on his own. Ugh, classic mistake. I mean, who knows if it's true, but this does lead us into Sophie Turner's blind items. She is also an English actress. This was interesting on Wikipedia. Her twin died in utero. 
Now, I don't know if you've listened to the community episode over on Patreon. I am just thinking of Ben Chang, who said that he ate his twin in the womb. Maybe that happened with Sophie Turner as well. She obviously is married to Joe Jonas, and they have two children together. They started dating in 2016. Then they got engaged the next year. They were married two years later, and like, boom, a few months later, they started having children after getting married. And I think everyone was surprised, or maybe it was just me. I was very surprised when they got pregnant because I just think of them as being so young, and I kind of always think that Joe Jonas is 19, and I always think that Nick Jonas is 14. So maybe I was just surprised because I was like, oh my god, like a Jonas brother has a child? That's crazy. I thought only Kevin did that. But anyway, so they have two kids together. Who knows if they'll be having more? And a little known fact about her that I know because I was once drunk in an airport in Ireland watching ASMR videos because my flight got delayed. And I noticed Sophie Turner was liking and commenting on all of the same ASMR videos I was. And these were like niche ASMR videos with maybe, you know, 400 likes on them. So she experiences ASMR is what I know. Now, uh, she seems like she, at least in the past, was a pretty heavy drinker. We've got a blind item here. With all of her commitments to work finished, people are worried that this foreign-born, A-list mostly, television actress last seen in a huge paid cable show will increase her already high level of daily alcohol take. Now, we also have a lot of blind items. For the sake of time, I'm just going to wrap them all into one. But back around 2017, there were a shit ton of blind items about Joe Jonas allegedly cheating on Sophie Turner. As is his custom, this former A-plus list tweener turned A-minus list adult singer in a group was recently cheating on his actress girlfriend. If she is not with him, he cheats. This foreign-born GOT actress was honored at an event at about that same time her former A-list tweener boyfriend turned adult singer was having sex with a waitress that had served the couple a few nights earlier. And I mean, this just goes on and on. I pulled about 12 blind items about this. And I want to say that it was just in 2017, but... This is one that was a little bit more recent. This illiterate boy bander turned adult singer who works with the boy band from time to time got messy wasted with his wife out of the country before they hired an Eastern European escort for a few hours. So let me know if you've heard any rumors about that. I was really surprised. Looks like somebody needs to strap the purity ring back on him. Maybe a fidelity ring or a necklace or a chastity belt, something like that. So anyway, just to keep things moving for the sake of time, we are going to move on. All right, Lena Headey, she plays Cersei Lannister, and she is cool as fuck. Uh, I used to follow her on Instagram for a bit before I stopped following all celebrities because it was just too much to keep up with, and she's just cool. Her and Amelia Clark are great Instagram follows if you would actually like to see a famous person not facetuned. I just really appreciate it when people ditch the facetune. She's really tight with Pedro Pascal, a.k.a. Oberyn Martell. And um, she's also really close with Peter Dinklage. And apparently he was the one who suggested that she be cast as Cersei to producers. So she was married to a musician in 2007. They had a son. She spoke out. She suffered from postnatal depression following the son's birth. They ended up separating. She filed for divorce. Then she gave birth to a daughter with a filmmaker named Dan. And then they had also separated. And as of recently, literally last month, she married American actor Mark Mankaka. And they had been dating for the last two years. 
We've only got two blind items about it, but this is interesting because the first one is about her and Charles Dance, who plays Tywin Lannister. I've heard this industry rumor several times over the last couple of years, so I'm starting to think that there may be some fire with the smoke. Apparently, these two B-list television actors are in a relationship. There's a large age difference, and they allegedly hit it off when he was playing her father on their hit TV show. They've worked together quite frequently since, and the rumor continues to circle them both. It's yet to be addressed by either of them and hasn't leaked out into the mainstream press. Hmm... Very interesting. Now we've got another blind item here, and this says, the ex-husband of this A-list actress on an extremely A-list TV show has some extremely negative things to say about her. He accuses our actress of lesbian affairs, psychopathy, and just overall weird behavior. I'd blame his bitter grapes on the messy divorce, but one of the co-stars of this A-list actress, extremely A-list TV show, refuses to ever film with her. And that is about Jerome Flynn, who plays Braun in Game of Thrones. So both him and Lena had in their contracts stipulations saying that they could never film a scene together because they hated each other so much and they previously dated. So who knows? I will say I get kind of Angelina Jolie vibes from Lena Headey. I could see her being sexually fluid and I could see her being edgy. I don't know how to describe it, but they, they just give the same vibes to me. I want to talk to you about Osea. They are a California-based skincare and body care brand. For over 25 years, they've been making clean, vegan, and cruelty-free skincare products. They use seaweed, which is actually pretty cool, as their main ingredient because it's this nutrient-rich superfood with endless benefits. And right now, available for a limited time, they have something called the Osea Best Seller Minis Collection. And these types of gifts are my favorite too, if we're being honest to receive, but also to give. So if you have a friend who's been interested in Osea and they want a little bit of like a sampling, a variety pack of their products, this is a six-piece set. It's got three best-selling face products and then also three incredible best-selling body moisturizers. So you can get this now for a very limited time. And if you want to pick it up, Fluently Forward listeners will get 10% off of their first order with promo code FLUENTLY at oseamalibu.com. You also get free samples with every order, and orders over $50 will get free shipping. So once again, you can get 10% off at Osea, that's O-S-E-A, malibu.com, and the promo code is FLUENTLY. All right, Peter Dinklage, he played Tyrion Lannister. So, so great in the first half of Game of Thrones and so fucking awful in the last two seasons. He became so stupid. And I don't know, that's the thing. They didn't spend enough time revealing all of this. Was he being purposely dense because he didn't want to go against his family, the Lannisters? Or did he just suffer brain damage or something? Because he honestly was so stupid at the end of Game of Thrones. He was giving Daenerys the worst advice ever. She literally should have killed him and then hired Olena Tyrell to be her, you know, hand of the queen or whatever. I just hate how Danny should have won and been the ruler peacefully and Tyrion made it so that way it wouldn't happen. I hated Tyrion at the end. I hated him. All right, moving on to Peter Dinklage. 
So uh, he has a common form of dwarfism. He stands four foot five inches, and he has used his celebrity status to raise a lot of social awareness concerning dwarfs. So he grew up in Jersey, just like me. He attended Del Barton. I will tell you, this very bougie, bougie, bougie school in Jersey. And that's where he started developing his acting schools. He says that initially he struggled to find acting work because he didn't want to take the roles that were typically given or offered to actors with his condition. So those would be roles like elves or leprechauns, things like that. So in 2015, he married Erica Schmidt, a theater director. They have two children, and they are very private about their personal lives, which always makes me go, yes, I'm looking forward to the blind items. And also, I know this too, because when I was vegan, I knew every every single celebrity who was vegan or vegetarian, and he's been a vegetarian since age of six, and he's worked with PETA before. Now, this blind item, mm, let's just read it. Another newbie to the blind items today. Never before has this A-list actor from a very hit pay cable show had the privilege of being in this spot or any blind. If you're going to have a first, it should be in the big blind of the day. No beating around with the smaller ones. Go big or go home. And then Enti says, of course, I generally say that when I'm half drunk in a bar. Anyway, our actor is married. He is out of town for work a lot. That show of his is all out of the country stuff. A lot of parts of Europe, and our actor has a list of women on call in several of the country. He loves hookers. He loves hookers like I love bacon, says NT. The thing is, he confides all of his extracurricular activities to outside the country. He could never get away with what he does over here. He couldn't get away with it in the UK or most of Western Europe. He is far too well known and the tabloid offers would be too juicy. This is why he loves that show and he loves filming anywhere remote where he can get his hooker on. Okay. If he is not shooting, he is sleeping with someone. He might be the loyal husband and dad at home, but he is the complete opposite away from home. An interesting thing, though, is that he never drinks when he is with other women. He drinks at home and he drinks with friends, but never ever when he is with a woman, he is pain. I'm basing that on the two or three women I spoke to about him. He definitely has some kink in him, and there is nothing shy about his behavior. Oh my god, spill the tea, Auntie. Like, what type of kink? All right, and then another blind item that says this almost A-list, mostly TV actor, blah, 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 had tons of fans waiting when he arrived at his hotel for a press event. The actor pushed through the fans, telling them that he didn't have time, and then proceeded to sit in the bar for the next hour watching TV and drinking. Honestly, I'm not really going to knock any actor for that. I feel like sometimes you just have to be alone after a long day, you know what I mean? All right, up next, we have Natalie Dormer, who played Marjorie Tyrell, loved loved Marjorie Tyrell. She should have lived because she did everything right. And that scene with the sparrow and the whole religious arc of Game of Thrones was so frustrating to watch because Marjorie was literally playing the Game of Thrones. And by the way, let me know in the Cersei prophecy where the witch says, um, you will be queen for a while, but then comes another younger and more beautiful to take down your throne and I don't know, set fire to all you love dear. I don't have that one memorized. Do you think she was talking about Marjorie or do you think that she was talking about Daenerys or it could have been Sansa? I think Daenerys, but some people make an argument for Marjorie. She just played the Game of Thrones. She knew exactly what was going on. She was so with it. And I love her because I think she shows a very feminine strength in Game of Thrones. 
one of my biggest arguments with modern day movies and stories is that they only portray femininity as strong when it basically is masculinity. So Daenerys is only strong once she becomes serious all the time. And Sansa is only strong after getting raped and then becoming like a stone cold, heartless little bitch. I did not like Sansa at the end. Sorry, guys. But Marjorie shows that you can still have power while being kind and charismatic and a smile and kind of moving things behind the scenes and stuff like that. And I just hate this idea of you see it a lot in Marvel movies with like, doesn't Brie Larson play Captain Marvel? And I've watched scenes of her. She's just, they just make this idea in movies that the only way you can be a strong woman is to be physically strong and very unemotional and logical and down to business. And I just want to see a strong manic pixie dream girl. Not that, you know, replacing one trope with another is a good thing, but I want to see, here's what I want to see a female superhero, but her strength isn't this Hulk-like, oh my God, she can push people and punch people so fast. I want to see a strength that steers more into that soft, nurturing side of womanhood. So I would love to see a female superhero where her strength is bringing people back from the dead because women can gestate life and all of that. So why not have a female superhero who is sensitive, but her sensitivity is a gift and she can actually heal people and bring them back from the dead. But instead they just go, if you want a strong woman, she has to be even stronger than Captain America or even bitchier than Iron Man. And I don't know. I just don't like that. Anyway, so I thought Marjorie Tyrell was a great character and her death scene at the end, you know. We cannot escape the justice of the gods. Forget about the bloody gods and listen to what I'm telling you. Cersei understands the consequences of her absence and she is absent anyway, which means she does not intend to suffer those consequences. Like she just knew what was going on. God. What a good scene. Should I rewatch Game of Thrones? It was really good. I also find Natalie Dormer very interesting because she's very uniquely sexy. She kind of looks like Lola Bunny from Space Jam. And uh, let's see, anything else about her? So in 2018, she said that she does not use social media due to concern of being misquoted. And regarding her appearances in film and TV where she performed nude, she said, quote, to set the record straight, I've never been comfortable doing sex or nude scenes. Are you joking? How many people would be? My job specification is finding the motivation in the text. I turn down roles involving sex solely because of the way I am misrepresented. I'm terrified of perpetuating that clickbait image of me. Now, the only blind items we really have about her is a... Uh, Booger sugar, and I love how Enti writes these coke blinds. This foreign-born B-plus list, mostly TV actress who was on a hit pay cable show and stars in a currently playing movie was Coke Queen of the Night. Our actress started several hours before the show and continued right up until she finished her staff. And then we also have another one. This Game of Thrones actress has had a very big year. If she wants more, she should slow down on the nose candy. Now, there also were blind items about her. She dated a guy named Anthony Byrne, and basically it sounds like it was a abusive relationship. It says, this foreign-born B-list, mostly TV actress, is a regular on Game of Thrones. Before an award show overseas last month, she was sporting some emergency teeth after her boyfriend knocked out two in a fight. The actress went to the event solo, but has said to since reconciled with her boyfriend. 
And uh, they were engaged. He, he's a director. And they actually broke up in 2018 after 11 years. And it's interesting because even in their PR statement about why they broke up, they said that working together caused, quote, massive arguments. And she said, couples say terrible things to each other that you would never say to your best friend. We learned very quickly that we couldn't write in the same room. Doors got slammed at various points, and I wouldn't necessarily rush into writing with Anthony again. But she did say that despite their creative differences and how much they would fight and yell at each other during writing, that she still has a huge respect for him as a director and a partner. And then this last one is just a little bit, you know, fun. This Game of Thrones actress, who is a big part of the show, has a video she made with a boyfriend which shows her completely tied up and involved in all types of SM activity. She also frequents an SM club in London on a regular basis. You hear all the time in Blind Items about people going to S&M clubs in London and asking for a friend, like, do they exist in New York? They're always in London in every single Blind Item that I read, and, like, they're all over Europe, but they don't really have any mention of these clubs in New York or L.A. All right, Pedro Pascal, there, there is some stuff that I know about him. He played Oberyn Martell on Game of Thrones. But I couldn't find it as a blind item on Crazy Days or Nights or in Dumois. So I don't know ethically how I feel about blowing up someone's spot. So let's just keep it moving kind of in a similar direction with Richard Madden. So he is a Scottish actor and he played Rob Stark. It's funny how I've kind of forgotten about Rob Stark and everyone basically in the first couple of seasons because it took so long for them to come out and things like that. So... Richard Madden played Rob Stark, and I am only going to read these blind items because he kind of addressed them in a way in a New York Times interview. So in 2019, he was interviewed, and they kind of asked about speculation with his relationships and things like that. So the article reads, Tabloid interest in his personal life has increased too. Madden, who was previously in a relationship with the actress Ellie Bamber, has recently been photographed several times with the actor Brandon Flynn, who used to date the singer Sam Smith. Are the two men an item? Madden shrugged, unbothered by the question, but in no hurry to answer it either. I just keep my personal life private, he said. I've never talked about my relationships. He's working on a way to deter paparazzi interest in who he's seen with. Quote, I wear the same clothes days in a row because it looks like the same day, then they can't run the pictures. There are only so many photos you can have of me in a green juice walking down the street. So a lot of the blind items are basically about that. This foreign-born A-minus dual-threat actor who once starred in the soon-to-be-defunct hit pay cable show and has some other TV hits and a big movie coming out soon had been closeted. I guess he blew that door wide open. This soon-to-be-way-out-of-the-closet, foreign-born, A-minus-list-mostly TV actor has been hooking up with a guy fairly regularly, but also has a profile on Grindr and even hit up a spa in West Hollywood looking for a quick hookup. And I will say, they don't mention S&M clubs in L.A., but they do mention a lot of these men's spas in L.A. This blind item, apparently this foreign-born, A-minus-list-mostly TV actor refuses to come out until after a decision is reached about whether he will be cast as the next James Bond. Speaking of James Bond, did anyone see that commercial of Daniel Craig in the new vodka commercial where Rita Ora is like singing in it and he's dancing? I loved it. I thought it was a great commercial. You should check it out. All right. Up next, Gwendolyn Christie. She played Brienne of Tarth and she was cast to this warrior, this unusually tall, muscular and plain looking woman. But a lot of people were like, she looks plain in the books, but you cast a pretty attractive woman. And what's interesting is that she was really into this role. In fact, even fans, everybody was saying that she should be cast for it. 
to prepare for the audition, she started wearing unisex clothing to help her get into her character's more masculine mindset. She took up an intensive training regime. She gained over a stone. I love that phrasing, a stone, aka 14 pounds of muscle mass. And apparently she came to the audition already made up and costumed as Brienne and she got the part immediately. She's very into fashion. She's been in a relationship with a fashion designer since early 2013. And blind items say that she's been hooking up with Jamie Lannister, which whenever it sounds fan fiction-like, I kind of give it some pause. So this is a blind item about Nikolai Koster-Waldau. He says it really fast. Trust me. I Please trust me that I look up everyone's pronunciation name, and he says it really fast in every interview, so it's hard to get it perfect. But Nikolai Koster-Waldau, I think. And Gwendolyn Christie, this is the blind. It says, The foreign-born three-named actor who was most recently seen on that long-running pay cable show sleeps with his co-star from that show as often as he can sneak away from his wife or when she is not in L.A. Ah, and we have another one, too. This married, foreign-born, three-named, mostly TV actor has taken his affair with his foreign-born former co-star from London to L.A. The pair were spotted together in L.A. this weekend. And we literally have three more blind items about it. Basically, one saying that after the blind item came out, Gwendolyn Christie did a paparazzi walk with her partner. And then another blind item basically saying that Nikolai didn't take his wife one year to the SAG Awards because he didn't want her to have to be sat at the same table as Gwendolyn Christie because everyone knows that like they've been seeing each other. Let me know if you've heard any rumors about that. Okay, moving along, moving along. Alfie Allen, he played Theon Greyjoy. Uh, his older sister is Lily Allen. He is a third cousin of Sam Smith. There's really only one blind item about him. It says this foreign-born regular on Game of Thrones now has a movie franchise of which he is the star. Maybe he should try and quit heroin. He is living on the edge right now. Sean Bean, he uh, obviously is like very well known. He played the honorable Ned Stark. And I'm just reading this one fact about him as a child because it leans into the blind items. Got this from Wikipedia. As a child, Sean Bean smashed a glass door during an argument, which left a large piece of glass embedded in his leg that briefly impeded his walking and left a large scar. Now, he's been married five times and divorced four times. Hello, Evelyn Hugo. And there were allegations with different wives of his um, one with the actress Georgina, she had, she made allegations basically that Sean Bean had physically abused her and there were domestic disturbances. The police had been called to their home on three different occasions. Look, the blind items just kind of talk about things like that. This foreign-born A-list actor likes getting married a lot and also has a history of hitting his wives. Apparently, he once went to dinner at this A-list mostly movie actor's house, Nicolas Cage, and once was enough. He was so freaked out, he never returned. They are still friends, but he never wanted to go back in the house. Nicolas Cage is someone that one day we'll have to do. He's got crazy shit going on. This is one about Sean Bean and Heather Locklear. Charming as hell when he is sober and lusted after by many, this foreign-born B-list mostly TV actor has women throwing themselves at his feet all the time. He prefers finding women, though, who will not be intimidated by him when he has had a few drinks and decides to get a little rough. Okay, very rough. Super rough. 
have to be prepared to go to the hospital rough. He says it is all a part of who he is and does not apologize for it. Most people would say it was a beating. He says it is part of sex, but it is not always part of sex with him. It is part of who he is when he drinks. He says if he tells people in advance what they can expect, then it is not wrong and they come fully aware into the situation. He is adamant about that and has had no problems finding women who go along with it for a while. His problem is though that as he has been with the woman for a certain amount of time, he needs to get more and more rough and there comes a time where they can't handle him or it or his drinking. Last night, he ended up going home with this former A-list, mostly TV actress who is kind of a mess now in her own right. This could be big trouble. All right, and the last two here, Karis Van Houten, she played uh, Melisandre, the, how would you call it? She believed in the Lord of Light, the Red Witch. I'm starting to lose my mind after this. You know who I'm talking about. She was the one who wanted to suck off the Lord of Light and like was obsessed with him. Okay, some things about her. She has stated that Hollywood makes her unhappy. Quote, I have seen Hollywood and although I have nothing against it, it's not my kind of life. My agent is shocked that I want to stay in Europe. But if Hollywood offers me a great part, of course I'll take it. I just don't want to live there. And it's very interesting because I do see, like I mentioned before, just with the you know Instagram of everything, I do see such a clear difference between American actors and actresses and uh, European actors and actresses. Now, there is one blind item about her. They think it's about her, and I think the writing on this is kind of clever. It's from The Gossip Life. She was in a relationship with Australian actor Guy Pierce, who she met on the set of Brimstone. So check out the phrasing on this blind item. This B-list actress on an A-list show is acquiring a status as a homewrecker. People tell me that they can count several relationships and marriages our B-list actress has ruined. She, too, easily finds herself in the fire and brimstone of passion and then the fire and brimstone of drama. You know what I mean? Fire with the Lord of Light and brimstone because she met him on brimstone. Let me know what you think. And the last one is kind of wild. It is about Charles Dance, who played Tywin Lannister. This is a blind item from Pop Bitch. There we go, Pop Bitch. And it says, Actors have long had to deal with amorous, amorous, <laughs> loving co-stars, chancing their arm on stage in the name of art. But imaginative tales of vigilante justice rarely come this delicious. One theater star who had to share a scripted kiss in a play with Charles Dance became very tired of his persistent habit of slipping her the tongue, so she hit upon a rather creative solution. One night, she gave her boyfriend a blowjob backstage before the curtain went up and deliberately didn't rinse her mouth out before stepping on stage. That can't be true. First of all, it's not a blind item. They say Charles Dance's name. Secondly, there's so many things. How much cum can you hold in your... I'm so sorry if my parents are listening. How much cum can you hold in your mouth to then spit it into Charles Dance's? And then I guess that would mean that you literally... The scene begins and there's no lines that you have. You know, you're just there with cum in your mouth and then you kiss him and pour it into his... Also, they say that they didn't like, whoever this actress is, that Charles Dance would slip her the tongue. What would you rather, have someone slip you the tongue for a few seconds or have to hold your boyfriend's cum in your mouth for like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a little bit, this is one of my grosser would you rather questions, but I just don't know if I believe that one. So uh, sorry to pop bitch, but I don't know if I think your blind item is true. So there we go. That is the first take of a Game of Thrones episode. Of course, we still have more people. We have 
Brand the Broken, and we have Call Drogo, and a few other folks. I just left them out because some of them I didn't want to blow up their spot. Uh, and then some of them, we've already done TikTok videos on Jason Momoa, and he was kind of featured in previous blind items. But as always, if you want to check out our Substack, fluentlyforward.substack.com, it's a free newsletter. We throw any kind of like miscellaneous leftover extra blinds that didn't make it into the episode every week. And of course, if you want to check us out over on Patreon, patreon.com slash fluentlyforward. This past Friday, we did an episode all about blind items of wedding crashers. So talking about Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn, Isla Fisher, and Christopher Walken. Did he kill Natalie Wood or did he not? The blind items have a significant point of view on it, and we kind of dove into that, a little true crime situation. So thank you for hanging out with me for this longer than normal episode. I hope we're able to cover anyone and everyone. And stick around over on Instagram this week. We are going to be talking all Game of Thrones, what you thought about the ending. If you've heard any of these rumors, yourself, favorite outfits, favorite scenes, how we would have changed Game of Thrones. And I will be linking out to that YouTube video that was just a fantastic 20 minutes about how the last season of Game of Thrones could have gone and should have gone. So that will all be coming out this week. So thank you for hanging out with me and I will see you next week for another episode of Fluently Forward. Bye guys. Bye.